Well, hi again. It's Brian, your lunatic friend, with more of my story of Jesus and music in the 70s. Right now, it's September of 1972. And now I'm in California. I'm starting my first semester in SCC. It's still there, too. They changed the name to Vanguard University. It's a Christian liberal arts school, which means you don't have to quote scriptures all the time, but you still had to go to chapel. But SCC had a gymnasium and a basketball team. The Bible college didn't believe in exercise. That's based on a scripture in 1 Timothy, physical exercise exercise is of little value, but godliness has value in every way. It also saves money on a gymnasium. And here I was second string on the soccer team, and I signed up for the surf club too, because every morning they would leave for the beach, which is just 20 minutes down the road. And here I became a ministry major, which left a little bit more room to define what you were going to do, which was good because I still didn't know. And even though I took music history and music theory and vocal ensemble classes, music was still a hobby. And back then it wasn't even considered a ministry. But California was a whole different kind of sunshine from Florida. For one thing, I had a car. And I got my first job working in an ice cream place called 31 Flavors. And I would make hot fudge sundaes out of every one of them. Weirdest one I ever made was a licorice ice cream with coconut and caramel on top. I would also make one for me at the end of every shift. It was hot fudge sundaes every day. And life was good. I also learned to take girls out on coffee dates. It was a cheap way to meet most of the girls on campus. You could squeeze three or four coffee dates in in a single day. Of course, that didn't last too long. I would eventually end up with just a coffee addiction. But now that came in handy because the surf club was up before dawn. Surfing at San Onofre, Newport Beach, or Huntington Beach. I never really got the hang of surfing, but I looked pretty good in a wetsuit sitting next to a surfboard on the beach. I even got my picture in the yearbook. The worst surfer in the group is now the poster child in the yearbook. But the surfers were the classic image of California. Tan, stringy, bleach blonde hair. And my two favorite dudes at school were in the surf club, John and Louis McVeigh. They were witty and sarcastic as I was. And turns out Louis McVeigh was a drummer. He started sitting in with me at the music room. First song we ever played together was a song on the radio we both liked. Been 14 days since I don't know when I just saw her. With my best friend, do you know what I mean? The song was by Lee Michaels. He had a little three-piece group, and the songs were easy to do. We never started a band, but we would both wind up in separate groups that would record albums for a new record label called Maranatha Music. It was part of Calvary Chapel, and the Bible studies were growing so big, partly because of all the bands that were playing. Groups like Parable, The Way, Gentle Faith, Winging a Prayer, and Lewis was the drummer for Mustard Seed Faith, and eventually I would be in a group called Sweet Comfort Band. But we're not there yet in the story. I just wanted to point out that there were a lot of musicians floating around that would eventually form groups. But my first trip to Calvary Chapel was when they were already meeting in a tent and I went to see Love Song. Yeah, they were the group that drew me to California in the first place. Calvary Chapel was the little country church that Love Song sang about, but it wasn't little anymore. The original building probably held a hundred people. Their Bible study had gotten so big that they had to set up an ugly circus tent a block away on a vacant lot. To this day, it's still the biggest Bible study I've ever seen. 1,500 people just to hear the Bible. But it wasn't the Bible that made me want to go over there. It was the music that reading the Bible would produce. Love Song already had a record out. Had that song on it that I like, Lend an Ear to a Love Song. It was the most compelling introduction to the good news of the love that Jesus had for us, sung in a way that didn't insist that you know all the terminology before you heard the story. Unlike most of the Christian songs that I had heard, it was unassuming 
unassuming and unpretentious. Introducing Jesus to someone who had absolutely no background with him. Of course, at the time, I didn't understand why the song was sweeter to me. Maybe because I was more than a little familiar with the story of Jesus, and perhaps I was jaded from all the distractions that come with religion. But love song was compelling, and without realizing it, I had driven 3,000 miles to know why. And I showed up at the tent early enough to help the band members set up their equipment. The stage was at least 50 feet across and 4 feet above the floor. There was no formal introduction, mind you. I was just a nobody who happened to be standing around somebody. And the band members were about as unassuming as that song was. The singers, Chuck Gerard and Tommy Coombs, were as easygoing a musicians as I had ever met. These guys were already nationally known and had a record out, and yet this was just another Monday night. They looked more like they were dressed for yard work than a major concert event. They seemed completely unaware of any possible significance that they might have in the world, but I was awestruck and I couldn't tell them about it. So with a reverence that I have never known, I stood at the back of the tent and listened to them play. Their harmonies were stellar, as seamless as anything I had heard the Eagles do or the Beach Boys, and it was the first drum solo that I'd ever heard in church, and it was a long one. Who would have thought you could worship God in a drum solo? They would end their set with a song called Feel the Love. It had a soaring four-part harmony that hit the rafters. Feel the love Oh you could hear the influence of the Beach Boys in Chuck Gerard's soaring vocal and his songwriting. I watched Love Song for the first time, dumbfounded that you could be that good and not be on national TV right now. And me? I was simply a slack-jawed gomer from North Carolina, mouth agape, standing in dumbfounded silence at the back of a tent. I was getting my first lesson in what I wasn't doing yet. When you're in a hurry to get to the future, it's easy to miss the subtleties that make life worthwhile. I had known Jesus longer than Love Song, but I was missing something that they had. I hope my stories are inspiring you to remember what sometimes goes missing. You can leave a comment on my stories and tell me what you think. And thanks for supporting my podcast in any way that you feel led.